The Oregon College Savings Plan can help you support your kid's future career as a teacher. Uh, airplane driver? Um, no, their career as a hairstyle designer. As a dinosaur doctor? Oh, their future job as a windmill builder. No, an ice cream taster. You know what? We just don't know what they want to be yet. But while they figure it out and dream big, we're here to help you save for what comes next, whatever that may be. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. Don't ever give up. Those are words of encouragement I've often given to the guy or gal who's ready to quit or completely abandon any program that they may have been a part of. Or they will say, there's no hope for me. I have literally tried everything. My guest on the show this week is Greg McGilpin, an entrepreneur who today owns a successful residential and commercial painting contractor business that's thriving. This after emerging from a massive debt load he had accumulated over many years. Greg went through 13, yes, 13 treatment programs. In his own words, he figured out how to not drink for 12 years, but he was a dry drunk without life change. He was miserable and he went back out drinking. Today, he's been clean and sober for seven and a half years and proudly claims success in his pursuit of recovery. He has relationships that have been restored. His family trusts him again. His business is booming and he's leading a faith-focused recovery program that's allowing him to thrive. Welcome to the Courageous Recovery Broadcast. I'm your host, Randy Mortensen. This is a weekly 20-minute program where we provide answers for your I don't know how. Whether you're dealing with recovery issues, emotions from a loss, or maybe life has just thrown you one more curveball than you expected, I'm glad you're here. Today, it's just a huge blessing to have my friend Greg McKelpin on as my guest. And, and as always, it's great to see that we have people joining this broadcast from coast to coast and, and literally around the globe. Thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedules to be connected to the messages here. You should see a chat box, or if you're uh, on one of the other mediums, please hit subscribe and leave, leave any comments of your thoughts. As always, for more information, you can go to my personal website, which is randymortensen.com. That's Mortensen, M-O-R-T-E-N-S-E-N.com. Later in the show, I will talk more about the 21-point assessment. That's a tool to determine whether you or a loved one qualifies for one of my programs called the Lifestyle Champion Cohort. So as I mentioned today, my, my guest is, is my friend, Greg. It's just uh, been an honor to be part of a Bible study with, with Greg, and, and he just brings a, a world of wisdom and knowledge and maybe some things that haven't gone quite as he expected in his life. But Greg, thank you so much for taking time from your crazy busy schedule to, to join me here today. You're welcome, Randy. Glad to be here. Well, and so any of my regular listeners know that my first question is, is usually, what is there that you know today that you really wish your 22-year-old self would have known? How do you respond to that? I wish I would have known that back then to begin to treat myself with respect. And I wish I would have known that I had a little more value than I 
thought I did because it took me another 50 years to come to that conclusion. And that's a painful way to learn, to come to the conclusion what I could have come to at 22. So. Right. Yeah. If, if we only knew and, and we thought it was about the money, we thought it was, it was the hair, the kind of car we drove and all of that. Right. Mm, right. You, you probably didn't. That's me, I guess. But yeah. so, so you've had a, you've had an interesting recovery journey. And, and I think you were sharing earlier, January 7th is your sober date, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're closing in on eight years and walk, walk me through. I, 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 I'm, I, I know the guests would love to hear your first taste of alcohol or take, take me through a little bit of, you know, a little bit of your early journey. How's that? Is that fair? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm sure a lot of the details, most people, you know, can relate to, I'm not uh, anything unique, but, but the one thing I started off on the wrong foot, the second time I drank, I, um, naturally drank a little too much and I toxic alcohol poisoning. And um, my girlfriend actually carried me six blocks on her shoulders to her aunt's house and my heart had stopped and she was a nurse. And ironically, it's right across from the AA club in Columbia Heights. So there's times where I can look through the window and see where at age 14 that, that I had died and that her, her aunt actually saved me. And most people would probably stop then, but I got a lot of attention at school. I was a, I was a wallflower and so all of a sudden I had some attention and so all of a sudden it was cool. So, um, but my drinking from early on all the way through was always destructive and uh, um, had all the, the car accidents and the overdoses. And <clears throat> my father kicked me out when I was a senior in high school because I wouldn't quit smoking and or drinking. So, and uh, there's nothing more dangerous than a, a, a young man who's an alcoholic um, and so I proceeded to have a couple, three more overdoses just in the next few years because um, I was on my own. So um, met my first wife in treatment uh, when I was 19 in 1976. And, um, and so at that juncture, it was my third treatment. And, uh, but that's, so that's a thumbnail sketch of, of, you know, the first four or five years. So, so you were already in your third treatment by the time you were 26. Is that what I just heard? Oh, by the time I was 20. By the time you were 20. Yeah. Interesting. So, so let's, let's just, let's just kind of pick our brains here for a minute. So that, that dad who's dealing with that 17, 18 year old kid today, right. That may be one of our listeners. What would you say to that parent might, might be a better solution than kicking, kicking that son out? Any anything that come to mind? Sure. Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I so wanted him. I wanted to know that he cared about me. Maybe not love me as much, but um, he grew up in the depression, and so most of uh, his focus was on providing for his family. And so I don't recall him hearing him say "I love you" till I was fifteen, and um, so I was desperate for him. Um, just to let me know he cared about me. But um, the last time I used when I was 17, he, I came home drunk and he had knocked me out. And so um, I left on those terms. So that would be my message is, is, is let the, your children know that you're worried, that you care. It might yeah. have a different end result. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and so many parents are, are fearful of the unknown and they're worried, but they, they don't know how to express their love for that, for that child. Right. right. And that's right. what you're saying. Just show me, just, just, yeah. just tell me. And that would have been, maybe been that word of encouragement that could have made a huge difference in, in your life. It sounds like. Right. So, right. so now we're, so now we're into third treatment and, and you had, a bit of success even then for a few days or weeks or months, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And, and so take me through the next season then. Well, so yeah, we're early on, you know, we got married, um, uh, had our first daughter in 1980 and I didn't realize that I was in so much pain as I was. And so early on in our marriage, rage started to, you know, come forth and I was as terrified as uh, from it of it as um, my wife was. And so that became the first uh, couple, three years, uh, just a normal experience, just a lot of rage, a lot of pain. She started <clears throat> calling the police and we started experiencing some uh, uh, separations. Um, proceeded to have an, uh, another daughter and then another son by 1984. But by 1986, it had gotten to the point where she had had enough. We'd been separated two or three times, um, drinking back and forth. So there was never a whole lot of success in the first few years. So she finally fled to a a women's shelter with our three children when they were two, four, and six. And and that began a pretty rough season. Right. Yeah. And and, and there's... You know, just the, it, it gets to be the guilt and the shame and the rage, like you said, it's the rage that, that now, what do we do? We, we try to self-medicate to make ourselves feel better. Right. right. And, yeah. and so it's, that's, that's not uncommon for any of us is, is that was our self-medication. Right. And so then, then that marriage broke up, you struggled with, with, kids that you were separated from and you had some legal challenges and so on. What was, what was the next milestone that caused you to say, Hey, I need some help. Well, it naturally, I, I always, I shouldn't say always, I generally went to treatment for my parents, for my, one of my two wives at the time, my children or the PO officer. So any father would do that right then. So that I went into treatment at that juncture. And um, that was the beginning of a 12-year stretch of sobriety. And, um, and it took two, two and a half years to see my children. So the, my motivation was to see my children again. And the, the marriage was pretty much over. But um, and so okay, transpired after two and a half years. And then the yeah. sobriety continued for another 10 years. Yeah, you said you were you were you, I've heard you say earlier 12, 12 years of not drinking, but it wasn't necessarily you in recovery. You were just not drinking, right? right. So you, you you didn't necessarily have the tools in order to live a new life. You you just figured out how to not drink, but there was still some darkness and some misery in your life, even in in those times, as I recall you saying. Exactly. I, I still had the same resentment, bitterness, but again, <clears throat> not understanding recovery or myself. Um, you hear people say you, you need to do it for yourself. Well, that was an alien concept to me. I just 
wanted to see my children. I wanted to continue to see my children. So um, that was my motivation. I did nothing internal. I went to meetings, went to church and I left. I, I couldn't care less if you had stayed sober and I was staying sober for one reason, to just keep that connection uh, with my children. And so. Right. But yet your life was still shaded with a good amount of darkness, it sounds like. Absolutely. Right? I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let, let's pause for a minute. I just want to remind my, my listeners that there is a program that I offer called the Lifestyle Champion Cohort, where we actually use Zoom technology to do the 90-minute weekly meetings. And the first 30 minutes is teaching uh, and there are really three phases to this cohort. First is the evaluation phase. And the second is to learn the tools of equipping, which Greg and I are talking about here. But then what's missing in many people's recovery is the phase three, which is now that you're clean, now that you're sober, how do you enjoy life? And, and where, where are the redeeming characteristics? If you are interested in, in more information or want to get into our database, please just do this text champion to 66866. Again, just send me a text message to 66866. Just text champion and I will be sure to, to get you more information. I'll send you my, my ebook, the titled the five common mistakes when pursuing recovery. There's no cost for that. But as I mentioned earlier, to see if you do qualify for the lifestyle champion cohort, Go to randymortensen.com and there you'll find a 21 point assessment, which will then determine whether you have a mild or a moderate or severe case of substance use disorder. If you're mild or moderate, my cohort is a good solution for you. If you are severe, we have a network of providers that, that we can make an introduction for. And to save 35% off the regular pricing of, of my cohort program, just mention LCC when enrolling. That will tell me that you found this program because of, of listening to this podcast. So Greg, then you had an aha moment back about seven and a half years ago where, where what happened? Share with our listeners, what was that aha moment on January 6th or January 7th, seven, sure. seven and a half years ago? Sure. And well, that, that came back... Um, that came after uh, going back, uh, doing a little more research for 15 years into uh, crack addiction and meth, and I lost a uh, second wife. And and um, but at the end of that time, <clears throat> I finally got tired of not having a place to live, not able to keep a job. I'm 58 years old. My children said, "Yeah, we love you, we forgive you," but they detached and moved on. Um, and, and so at 58, I was literally alone. I mean. People get tired of it now, you know, move ahead 40 some years and I'm still going through the same thing I was going through in the late 70s. So um, went to the, uh, finally entered my 13th treatment program. And then I started going to this program called Quest 180 and someone asked me to, do, to be a small group leader. And, um, and I said, yes, although I didn't know what a codependent was, I said I would lead the codependent group. And we're <laughs> on the eighth step and it says that uh, the eighth step where we make amends or we make a list, but in the ninth step, we make amends. It says we should be at the top of the list. Well, I thought to myself, I was never even on the bottom of the list. 
And so it talks about forgiveness and making amends. And that was the first time and probably the most difficult thing I had done was to forgive myself for the way I ripped my child, the children's hearts out and um, hurt my family. And, and I finally had to look at the fact that I had been destroying myself my whole life because I bought into that lie that I had no value. So that was probably one of the biggest light bulbs that went on. And at the point, at the point in that time, I was 100,000 in debt. And that was the first time I cared about my even my financial uh, condition, and that began began a road of of uh, repair and restoration in every area of my life. Wow, powerful, powerful! And and was that when you started G Mark Painting, or when when did you launch your own painting business? Well, it's interesting. My second day of sobriety, I met a gentleman <clears throat> that had a painting business. And he's the one that said, Greg, we need you to come back. And here I was thinking, I'm pretty special. Well, he says that to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I never discussed business. Um, I never did the first nine months. He finally asked me would I want to do some side work for him because um, he needed that. And so it, it, seven years ago, it just started with a deck here and a you know, little, little work there. And I did that on the side for six years and began to get out of debt slowly. It was a slow, painful experience. And then last October of 2019 is when I finally went out on my own. And um, this is humbling, but during the pandemic, since the pandemic, I've had 15 straight homes that uh, the good Lord has given me. And I don't even know how to discuss that because, you know, first of all, it's new. I've never had that happen, but, right. but what a blessing. And just, yeah. So, so 2020 has been a good year for you for business. It sounds like. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And in the name of the name of, of your painting, but so is this exterior and interior residential and commercial? Primarily residential interior, exterior decks, but okay. Yeah. G, and G Mark painting is the name. G Mark painting. So in the Minneapolis, St. Paul metro area or the extended metro area, you, you're, you're looking for more business, it sounds like. And sure. so what's the best way for someone to get a, get a hold of you if, if they're interested in having you do a great job of, of some painting for them? I don't know how you do this. I don't know if I could leave an email or a phone number at the end. I don't know. How. Whatever, whichever one, if, if, if you're not comfortable sharing it on the air, well, I can just put it in the notes. Otherwise, if there's, there is a number, uh, oh, that's, sure. that's okay too. Sure, can, it's uh, area code 612-327-0588. Okay. All right. And, and we will put that in, into, into the show notes also, because I'd, I'd okay. love, uh, you know, paint the painting industry is, is a very interesting industry. Uh, there's yeah. some, some high quality people like yourself, and then there's some, not so much is my experience in the, right. In, right. in the construction industry for sure. So, what would, what would you say to that guy who's 50 in his fifties today that he's sitting, he's sitting there this today, listening, saying, you know what? I've tried everything. I'm worthless piece of crap. You know, I'm hopeless. Nobody loves me. There's no way God could ever forgive me for all those things that I've done. What are the words of encouragement that you would offer to that guy today, Greg? Uh, at the point I went into the 13th treatment, I was so full of self-hatred, but the little, the still small voice said, try one more time. I was so tired of trying. I was so tired of feeling, um, I was just content with slow suicide. 
So I would say that um, man or woman that um, just give it one more try, you deserve one more, you know, um, chance, um, try something different, reach out, but don't give up, try one more time and, and um, then see what happens. Right, right. Just one more. One, one more. more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay, well, we've, we've, I told you this would go fast. This has gone very fast. Very uh, but so let me, let me just give some closing remarks. Uh, the shocking for many people is overdose deaths in the United States have tripled since 1990. Right now here in, here in the U S we're seeing 130 overdose deaths per day. It's costing our economy almost $800 billion annually. So as Greg just said, if you know someone who's struggling today, or maybe you're that person who's battling a compulsive or destructive behavior, please don't wait another day to seek help. It doesn't matter if it's your first treatment, your 10th treatment, your 15th treatment, please don't wait another day to seek help. And as I said earlier, you can reach out to me at, at my office number, which is 327. No, it's not. It's 321-757-HOPE. Again, that's 321-757-HOPE or call someone you know and trust because those who are dying today are husbands, wives, sons, and daughters of someone who loves them. Today's the day. And, and as I mentioned earlier, if you don't want to call me, you can, you can also text CHAMPION to 66866. And I hope you have found this information of, that we've shared today helpful. Look for the replay of this to be on the usual podcast online outlets like Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, the the Phoenix Radio, as well as Google Podcasts and others. Greg, just as as we sign off, what are the, what are the words of encouragement that that you would offer that that God's laid on your heart today? Just one moment at a time. Again, um, don't worry about tomorrow or the next month. Just today, do what you need to do. Reach out. Again, give it one more. Give yourself one more chance and um and see what god can do awesome awesome well listeners this has been a a a great opportunity for for me to be on here with my friend greg and and i just want to encourage you as he just said get help today don't wait another day have a blessed day and be extraordinary today amen delicious sound. No, it's not the freshly fried patty of the crispy McChicken sandwich. Well, actually it is. But it's also the sound of a debt being paid. Because this golden crisp chicken could be the very first meal you treat your parents to. Yes, parental payback is now available in many delicious McDonald's deals. Like buy one, get one for a dollar. Every day at McDonald's, mix and match a new hot and spicy McChicken with classics like a McDouble, McChicken, or four-piece chicken McNuggets. Price and participation may vary where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair. 